Hi everyone, this is Emery, and you're listening to Tech Policy Grind. Welcome to day four of our special bonus content week where we play interviews and discussions that we had at last week's State of the Net conference in D.C. Today we're thrilled to bring you a brief discussion Joe and I had with TechDirt's own Mike Masnick. Joe and I are both huge fans of Mike's writing, and if you aren't already, you probably should be. CEO and writer for the blog, Mike's articles offer some of the best examples of tech journalism out there today. From net neutrality to artificial intelligence to surveillance and fake news, Mike has written about it all, and chances are Joe and I at least mostly agree with him. Today we talked about his panel at State of the Net 2018 on the dangers of fake news and, perhaps more importantly, the risks associated with doing something about the problem. So sit back and be worried, but not hasty, and enjoy our discussion with Mike Masnick at State of the Net 2018. And we're live! Hey Grinders, this is Emery, Joe, and we're still at State of the Net, the 14th annual IEF State of the Net, the largest internet policy conference in the country, and we're joined by an excellent guest, Mike Masnick of TechDirt. Mike, thank Hello. you so much for joining us. Sure, no problem. So glad you, to be here. We're glad to have you here. You know, I, I uh, was telling Mike before the show, but on the other podcast I work on in This Week in Law, I got to the point where I had to stop. Actually, I had to like go to your articles and then link to the other articles <laughs> so that it wouldn't be so egregiously obvious that for the week's discussion topics, I just go down tech dirt and just tag, tag, tag. So if you're not reading tech dirt. This week in tech dirt is fine with me. I'm, 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 I'm not going to stop Look, you. Got, we, can, we can talk after this. I'll All right, right, sounds good. But, <laughs> Mike, you were on a really interesting panel today entitled uh, Internet Speech. Truth, trust, transparency, and tribalism. Yes. So I think that um, opens the conversation <laughs> to fake news and a discussion of information and disinformation. Do you yeah. want to give us the uh, the salient points that you brought to open that up? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to take credit for bringing salient points to the to the discussion. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean it was a, it was actually a really interesting discussion because you know there are certainly a lot of issues today with like the fact that there's a tremendous amount of disinformation online and there's sort of this situation where where information is is flooding in all directions and and that makes it you know potentially difficult to figure out truth from fiction um, but there's also this really big spectrum between like truth and fiction which are you know anything from getting a story wrong sure. to you know Twisting a story to, to positioning it in a certain way that that maybe some but people the term fake news yeah. is nebulous and easy to apply generally to basically anything that you don't agree with. We well, came up with twenty one yes. different definitions. Do you have yeah. a definition of fake? No, of course not. Right, and so um, so it, it becomes really challenging. But what's interesting and, and sort of the point that I sort of tried to raise on, on the panel was was that. When people are discussing it, what seems to come up over and over again is this idea of like, well, how do we solve this problem Yeah. without the fact that, noticing the fact that the problem itself hasn't been clearly defined and that all of the solutions aren't necessarily clearly defined and, and very rarely look at how they would impact that sort of wider spectrum. So it's easy to say, well, you know, um, you know, everyone who posts a news story has to disclose who they are, right? But then you suddenly like wipe out all sorts of people who would need to post stuff anonymously for very good right. reasons, Absolutely. right? Um, or you know, how do you deal with uh, like you know, if, if a platform is deciding, you know, is is this you know good content that we should be sharing or not? You know, one of the examples I talked about is, um, you know, this goes back a ways, but it actually repeated last summer, but it originally happened about five or six years ago, where there was pressure put on YouTube to take down terrorist propaganda. Now, right. at a first pass, you're like, okay, oh, yeah. like, terrorists are bad, terrorists, terrorists are bad, <laughs> terrorist propaganda, also bad. It's really hard to defend terrorism in an argument. Absolutely. <laughs> so YouTube says, okay, okay, we're going to start doing that. 
one of the first accounts they take down was someone was like this human rights group that was documenting that. Uh, you know war crimes in Syria and so suddenly you take a step back and you say like how do you distinguish between like war crimes and terrorist propaganda you know often they're pretty similar they maybe actually be the same thing in some cases right and so very context specific depends yes on the country depends on all sorts yeah. of factors and and if you're expecting especially when you're a large platform with you know millions of or billions of pieces of content you know showing up every minute hour whatever however you want to define it you know there's no there's no really good way to do that without creating massive errors in, in both directions, right? You know, the, the false positives and the false negatives. Can I stop you there? Because yeah. I really do think, I, as much as I've thought about this, and I don't think if i thought about this as much as you, I don't think that there is a good solution, and I don't want to be a pessimist. <laughs> and that's been a theme of the day, and I, I am interested in hearing your thoughts. Do you think so, that there is ever a solution, or is it a... Well, it depends on what you mean by solution, right? right? So that's that's the whole thing, right? So the thing that I'm most interested in these days is, is not, like, I think the problem is that what most people resort to when they think of, like, bad content, and, and it's, which is a terrible phrase and everyone sort of freaks out about, but, like, it, all of these sort of go back to there's an idea that there's certain content that is bad or dangerous or, or problematic or whatever. Um, where that, you know, the, f the focus is that most people then leap to if it's bad or dangerous or, or causes all sorts of other problems, we have to get rid of yes. it or stop right. it somehow. That, I think, may not be the best solution. I think what would be more interesting and where we could have a lot better conversations and potentially something that more approaches a solution. I don't think this is a completely solvable problem, but that you could approach a, a more reasonable uh, situation is where you look at how can we structure incentives to encourage more you know, good, valuable, uh, you know, productive content, in, you know, as opposed to destructive, damaging kinds of, of content. And so, you know, and, and different platforms have sort of different ways of going about it, but, but sort of just trying to encourage better behavior or, or and, you know, again, so I'm already like shifting context here and like now I'm sort of really talking about like trolling behavior versus right. like fake news, but like they're all sort of, you know, different aspects to that same spectrum. Um, but I think that, that, you know, the more interesting thing is, you know, how can we structure things or, or encourage good behavior and... and, so and who's your preferred we here? Is this policymakers, lawmakers, no, no, no. platforms, it's, civil uh, society? Uh, yeah, right. So I'm mostly talking about platforms. Okay. Right? So because, like, you know, everybody else is going to get it wrong, frankly. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the platforms are going to get it wrong, too. Okay. I mean, th this, is, this is the problem, right? Everybody's going to get it wrong. Um, the, the, but but with the, the worst ones will be <laughs> the people who don't have the experience in sort of dealing with this right now. Um, and because from the outside, these things look much, they tend to look much easier than they really yes. are. The second that you sit down and you actually talk to the people who are making these decisions at these platforms, you begin to realize, like, that example of, like, the war crimes versus propaganda is, like, just but one example. But, like, you talk to these people and they go through, you know, hundreds of those every day and each of them are more more tricky than the next and they have to make all these decisions at scale so they at least have a sense of like when you do this wrong what happens mm -hmm. and they also have a sense of like well what can we do to sort of tweak and encourage better behavior um, they're going to get it wrong too but at least if you're doing it at the platform level you know you have multiple different platforms that can experiment and do different things and and we can learn from them and one of the things that i i talked about on the panel i mentioned there's actually a conference later this week back in california where i'm from at santa clara university where they're actually bringing together a bunch of these companies um 
to talk about content moderation at scale. And part of the, the I, what I've been told, they were the, the companies were told to sort of actually come with hmm. real facts and real data about how you manage well, these things. To the yeah. and, <laughs> and actually having a discussion about these things because each of these companies are sort of reinventing the wheel, except right. it's much more difficult than the wheel, right? The wheel was <laughs> round. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah, look this at the rolls. Come on. Right. <laughs> this is this is you know solving this yeah. unsolvable problem, and each of them are doing it in a, right. in a black box and, and you know trying to figure it out on their well, own. Well, I mean, we've got a paper out at at CET about natural right. language processing and automated content on social media platforms. Right. And you've got another sea of companies that are promising you the world here. They're going right. to find everything. Yeah. Which you know, okay, sure. <laughs> but like, you know. Yeah, if, if right, and I'm, well, I'm not going to go down that. Okay, oh, right. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting, right? But like, you know, and and like, let companies experiment with that, right? But they're going to make huge mistakes too. Yeah. I mean, we already know that. And we They've see already, that. YouTube has already made mistakes. Right. Just in talking about. Yeah, well, there's 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 lots and lots of mistakes. But like, the more experimentation that we get, and the more people that, that sort of try different things and sort of figure out like what actually works and what sort of encourages good behavior. You know, the, I think the better long-term results we're going to have, and, and maybe it's new entries. Maybe somebody else comes up with like, you know, I mean, there have been attempts. There was a company called Parlio that was like, uh, they got bought and sort of okay. shut down. But like, you know, they were trying to build like a forum that would actually encourage like deep, thoughtful discussions, and they had like a, a few like nice, interesting tweaks huh. to the sort of standard forum setup that really encouraged like thoughtful, deep discussions. And it's like, it's the internet, how can you do that? Yeah, I'm curious <laughs> though, I mean, we, we say it's the internet, how can you do that, acknowledging that the internet sort of presents this problem. But I think that my larger question here is, we are seeing technologies coming online that are making the fabrication of video and making the fabrication of audio and fake yeah. news like un, like a whole new ball game of yeah. complexity. I, I'm interested <laughs> in your perspective, you know, it's... I agree that all, at the end of the day, it should all come down to media literacy, right? We should all be educated and be better at you know absorbing our own media. But when we are faced with technologies like that, that's yeah. where I get really pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we deal yeah. with it. Yeah, I mean, there are obviously going to be horrible stories that come come out of it, but like that's sort of somewhat true of any technology, right? Mm -hmm. And so, my hope is that in some sense that that actually drives a level of media literacy itself in that you know there are going to be stories that come out that are like the, the fake videos now that are coming out where right True. now it's all, all sort of proof of concept you know where you can see like I can make Obama say whatever I want him to say or mm -hmm. whatever um, you know that technology is going to get better but there's going to be you know there will be a story not in the too distant future where somebody's going to report on a video that they obtained showing you know, somebody powerful right. saying something that they didn't actually the say. If the PTAP exists and it's not released, <laughs> like, within the next six months, it's not going to matter because it will be assumed to be fabricated. Right, but, you know, well, well that's interesting. But, like, you know, I, I think that, that that will drive, you know, real efforts into, like, actually validating these things and figuring out, like, what can you, hmm. you know, what can you prove through, you know, whether it's other sources or whether it's through forensics or, or whatever. Um, and maybe... You know, this is this may be complete, you know, utopianism on my part, but maybe it leads people to, to take a take a second to say like, I'm not going to immediately rush to judgment on this breaking news story of this video. I'm going to wait until it's actually been confirmed. Well, I yeah, I think we should probably wrap up. Well, I, I, well I was going to give a pitch to. So you're at a DC policy conference. I don't know if any of what you just said is satisfying to the DC crowd. Of course. What do you what do you want? What what should we be doing here in DC about these issues or? being aware of.
I, I mean, obviously paying attention, you know, to, to the discussions that are happening, you know, I think is important. I think w what what is most important right now is not to rush into sort of solutionism, right? Okay. And which I feel is like, there's like this, we, we need to do something, right? Without recognizing the, the you know, just the sheer magnitude of the issues mm. and, and how rushing into a solution is almost certainly going to make things much worse, often in really destructive ways. And so, like, you know, you know, being a part of the discussion, important, um, but like pushing for answers in the next like six months is okay. dangerous. <laughs> Excellent. On, a, so. on that, I think it's a great time to end the conversation. Cool. So we're going to bring on, uh, who do we have next actually? Dr. Layton? No, Betsy no. Cooper. Dr. Cooper is going to be joining us in just a few minutes, so stay tuned to the stream. Mike, I really want to thank you for joining us. Sure. This has been an incredible Thanks. discussion. I wish we could have extended it for about four times as long as we had, <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, thank you. And Thanks listen to the Tech Dirt podcast. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> best theme song in the business. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Wunderbar.